All right, here with my good friend, Jao Mescalotti. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Brett? Now, where are you coming from these days, man? What are you doing? Well, so uh, I'm out here in Muncie, Indiana. I'm serving as the graduate assistant coach here at Ball State University, helping out with uh, the swim team here while getting my master's degree in uh, sports administration. Awesome, man. I love it. You, you're getting around. And, and for those that don't know a little bit about your background, you uh, well, tell us where you're from and then how you ended up in America. Yeah, so I come from a small town in Brazil, a uh, very tiny town, didn't have too much structure to uh, continue swimming after I hit that age of 13, 14, when I started getting a little mm -hmm. good at swimming. So yeah. ended up going to Sao Paulo and being exposed to some of the best sprinters, best swimmers in the world, uh, best coaches in, in the club, uh, the club Pinheiros. Uh -huh. And when I was there, the idea of starting to come uh, to America started to pop up uh, more often because there's a lot of people coming to America at the time. I think Marcelo was training with you, Arthur, Bia, and had a lot of friends at Auburn, obviously Caesar with the whole uh, stunt at Auburn. So that idea started to become more, uh, you know, uh, come, come up more often for me. So yeah. I started looking for universities and, uh, that's how I ended up at LSU. Uh, wow. so my four years at LSU, 2014 to 2018. And, uh, after I graduated, I kind of went away from swimming for a little bit. I needed a, a little break and, uh, worked in marketing for two years, which oh. was, was during COVID pretty much. Uh, I was stuck in Brazil working uh, with a few marketing gigs and decided to try to come back here and get back into uh, my swimming career as a coach. And uh, ended up back here last year, went to California, did uh, one year as a graduate assistant coach at a smaller school, Concordia University in Irvine. And this year, the opportunity opened here at Ball State, and uh, that's how I ended up here in Indiana. That's cool, man. You know, to me, you seem like a go-getter, you know, somebody that is really determined. Uh, and and the thing that I like about you, too, is that you're, you're very motivating for your athletes, but you're also motivated as, as a person yourself. Like, you love to keep fit. You love to stay in shape. And it's kind of an example for this new generation of young coaches of like really staying in contact with your own health and well-being, right? Yeah, I mean, I what well, the one thing I like to joke about is that I, I tell my athletes I, I never said the word retirement uh, when mm -hmm. I finished swimming, so I like to always be prepared uh, if I have to, you know, as a sprinter's mindset, I always prepared to uh, do a 25 fast from the block at any moment. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, like I, I do like to keep fit. I believe me, I hate doing yards. So what I try to do is I lift very heavy weights and I work on my technique in the water two, three times a week for no more than 500 yards. And so that way, you know, I'm always trying a lot of the exercise that I do with my athletes. I'm also doing it in the pool and vice versa. A lot of the, the exercise that I do for dry land and for strength and conditioning here at Ball State, uh, I'm doing them myself first to understand mm. sort of how my athletes feel and how they should feel. Um, and so that, that is something that I do like doing. 
I do like sharing a lot of that as well. I think that's how I've been learning so much is by getting content from other coaches. So I kind of feel the need of also sharing some of the information that I get. Um, mm. so yeah, so that's, that's something that I truly enjoy doing. Now you said for a period of time, you worked in marketing after swimming, you went back to Brazil and worked in marketing. Uh, what, what were you doing? What did you learn in, in the marketing aspect? Cause it's part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you today is like, you do a such, such a good job with your branding and your image and kind of marketing yourself and marketing swimming and marketing whoever you're, you're working with and for. Uh, I, in just building a brand and kind of getting getting that out there to people. I think you do a really fantastic job and it's kind of part of the discussion I want to have is how can swimmers do this? So did you learn things like that while you're in Brazil? So I think it started pretty early for me. Like I said, I come from a, a really small town with a, a background where my, my club team didn't have too much money to pay for my trips. So it's, it's sort of, I learned from my dad. My dad worked in advertising for my whole uh, early days, like my whole childhood up until I was 10, 11, my dad worked in advertising. So he always helped me out as far as uh, getting sponsors for our club team to make sure that I was able to travel to nationals, state meets and all of those things. Wow. So, uh, and the way we did that was by actually being in a small town, you're kind of friends with everyone. So my dad would pretty much just go to a, a small business uh, that he knew the owner and just say, hey, my son is going to nationals uh, in a month time. Would you be able to contribute with, you know, a little bit of money for the club team so he can do that travel? And mm -hmm. then at the end, we would just get all these small businesses to contribute. We would put on a shirt. We'll put their logos on a shirt. Uh, whenever I was at the meet, we'd get a nice picture. We contact the uh, newspaper, have a nice picture in the newspaper saying, hey, Jao uh, was able to go to nationals and get, you know, these medals because of this businesses. Uh, so he's very thankful. And it was a very small thing, but it, it you know, that's how I grew up. That's how we figured it out uh, mm. my whole career up until I got to America. So to me, it was just very natural that sort of sports at, at the time we didn't have instagram we didn't have anything right it right that had to call the newspaper and say hey can you guys want to do this uh and they always would because it's a small town they need content right right so um to me it was always very natural it was very the whole my whole life i always thought that that was like oh okay like this is this is very easy like and a lot of athletes get really afraid of it i feel like um like I said, like I work, I worked with marketing for a, a sports drink company, and either I see athletes afraid of contacting us because they think they're not good enough, or they contact us expecting too much. So I think there should be a middle ground. Uh, I think for athletes, specifically for swimmers, uh, we are in a very weird spot that a lot of people follow swimming. Uh, that are former swimmers or parents or you know it's we don't we still don't have the viewership that we would like to have uh for most of the time so the brand deals you're gonna find brand deals from different perspectives from different size of uh brand brands in general uh you just have to sort of know who you're talking to how you're gonna create content for them 
how are you approaching these brands and sort of understand what can you bring to the table as well. Uh, yeah. So that's what I've done pretty much my whole career. When just to share like a quick story, when I was in Brazil mm -hmm. uh, in 2019, I was like, well, trials is next year. Let me try to train for a 53 and see, like I hadn't, I had enough time. I was working remotely, so I had free time. I was like, let me try to get the 53 cut. Uh, and, but I was like, I don't want to spend any money. My goal is to find enough sponsors <laughs> where I'm not going to spend enough money. This is going to be my side hobby. Like mm. go to the pool three times a week. Let me see if I can get enough sponsors to pay for this, uh, this activity. And I did, uh, I contacted a lot of supplement brands, uh, sports equipment brands. Uh, I needed, you know, goggles, fins, whatever it was, I was contacting everyone in the business, everyone that I could you know, potentially make a partnership with, and I was leveraging my Instagram and my image to produce content. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what I call an immigrant mentality. I don't know. I don't know if it, uh, I mean, look, there's, there's millions of Americans with the same mentality, but like the immigrant mentality is, you know, you work for everything, you hustle, you grind, you, you, you do whatever it takes. Right. Um, and so that, that, that mentality has served me as an immigrant of this country of like, don't take anything for granted, work for everything. You know, there's no free handouts um, and, and those sorts of things. And that's kind of the same mentality that, that you've adopted. Um, all right. Give me specifics then, because I get, I get this question a lot of like people say, I don't know where to start. I wouldn't know how to do that. I wouldn't, you know, I don't know how to market myself. I feel weird about it. I mean, I, it's just never done it before. It's uncomfortable. What do I say? How do I say it? Who do I reach out to? So you just said you basically built this whole thing from scratch. So like, did you have some sort of set plan or was it randomized or like, how did you go about actually contacting these people? I think the, the first thing that every athlete and doesn't matter what level, and it's actually great now that college athletes can do this because when I was in college, I had to be very careful. Uh, but college athletes can go like and contact brands now, which is awesome. So you, you, you have to know your story and you have to know how to tell that story, right? Uh, by no means, I was a, an amazing swimmer. I was, a, I was an okay guy. I was a good sprinter. I made... You know, I got a couple national medals. I broke a few state records, uh, but I did come to LSU, which is a big school, right? So in Brazil, that's not very common. At the time, I think there was only maybe 10 guys in division one swimming, 10 Brazilian guys in division one swimming. So that's a, that's a cool fact that for us as swimmers, sometimes we're like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm one of 10, but if you're imagining a nation of 300,000 people like Brazil, it's like, okay, like I'm one of 10 that was able to make that. So Brent, that's what a brand wants to hear, right? Mm. A brand wants to like see that exclusivity from you. And also we don't have this culture in Brazil of the, the Olympic trial uh, culture here in America. It's such a big deal. Like, oh, wow, you make Olympic trials. Like you're like the best of the best. In Brazil, Olympic trials is just another national. If you go to nationals, that's that's where we get our Olympic cuts and go to the Olympics. But so I use that to my advantage. Back in the back in 2019, I was telling brands, I was like, hey guys, this is the third time I'm going into an Olympic trials. Like this is very prestigious. Like not many athletes get to go and try to qualify for the Olympics, right? So I'm, I was using that big name, Olympics, 
mm. uh, my speech with the companies. It's like, hey, I'm a former Division One athlete uh, that is going to try out for the third Olympic trials in my career. You know, it's just using those keywords and use like using my story uh, to yeah. my and to them, it's like, oh, great. Like, yeah, like I'll, I'll send you a pair of goggles that even if it was cheap and I did have the money to buy for it, I was like, no, like, why would I, you know, why would I not use my store? I work with this. Like, why would I not leverage my Instagram? Right, you know? right, uh, right. right. It, it, do you have any secrets for building an Instagram profile? Let me have a look. Where, where I'm going to I'm going to get on my Instagram. Oh, I'm going to get on your Instagram right now and and see. I'm going to I'm going to pick up some things that I think you do well that I think anybody could do. So right now you have eleven thousand followers, which is fantastic. How long did it take you to build to that eleven thousand? Um, it was all during COVID. All during wow. nineteen. I had about three four thousand before. Uh, uh -huh. And then during that, it was legit like a boom of like just picking up and making content, making swim content. That's it was it, at yeah. the time it was mostly pictures uh, yep. because there's no reels or anything at the time mm. in nineteen. So that's when they came up with that. Right. But then, as soon as reels came out, I remember, I still remember the first day it came out. Me and my friend were exploring with it, and I had one of my best friends. He's a nutritionist actually, and he makes mm. nutrition content. And ah, I made, so nice. during COVID. We're kind of stuck. We don't have anything else to do but take pictures of each other and film content and just like help right. each other grow our accounts. So that's yeah. pretty much how we explored that. Listen, man, I did the same thing. You know, like I think I think before COVID hit, I was at like 10,000 uh, followers. I have 46,000 followers now. Yeah. And um, look, a lot of it is due to uh, this kangaroo reel that I put up. I, I mean, remember. Like, he <laughs> got like 46 million views. It was like in the top 10 in the world at one point. This I remember and all I did. You created a description as professional reel maker. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was just having fun with it. It's, and that's the thing is just have fun with it. And I literally, what I would do is, I'd, I'd what I would do actually, this, this is a secret. This is a key for me, okay? It's super simple too. Is you go to reels and you watch some reels and you pick out the trending reels, the, the trending music or the trending sounds or the script or whatever it is, pick out that something's trending, but, but pick something that you think in the back of your mind, you may have some video for, you know, that's what I do. I think, okay, what do I have in my database of videos that are just sitting there? And then I go to the reels and I find the music first. And then I save about 10 different reels of music. And then I go to my videos and I scroll through my videos and I just put a video with a, with a clip and I, and I try and find the video for the music instead of the other way around. A lot of people find the video and then they try and find the music. I find the music because I think the music is the most captivating thing, you know? And so when I found, I had, I knew I had this kangaroo video. And so when I found the, 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 the music to it, the clip to it, I was like, oh, that's perfect for my kangaroo. So then when I brought it over and merged it, and then you kind of like adjust it so that the music matches up with the video, you yeah. know, boom, you know, you've got a winning reel when it matches yeah. up like that. And so you just play with it a little bit. It literally takes, man, listen, for me to make a winning reel takes me like three or four minutes. Now there are people that put in hours of time on these things and that's just not me. I don't have hours. So like, I keep it as simple as possible, but I try and match up the music to the action of the video. And I think when you do that,
it pops. And that's the simplest thing. If you can just do one of those a day and literally take four or five minutes, you do one a day, you start to really build your audience that way, you know? Okay, introducing our newest sponsor, Swim Tracks. Swim Tracks is the smartest swim specific tracker ever. It registers a ton of swim data that is translated into valuable real-time insights. It tracks the three most important data points for coaches and swimmers, time, heart rate, and stroke rate. You and your swimmers can now, from just one device, make sure you're training in the correct energy zones with the correct number of strokes. Visit swimtracks.com and schedule your free demo today. That's swimtracks, T-R-A-X-X.com, swimtracks.com. I, I agree completely. That's exactly what I do. I save audios. I have a bunch of audios saved. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm kind of lucky that I have, you know, I'm, I'm still coaching. I'm on the pool deck and I run dry land and I participate with the strength and, strength and conditioning. So I have so much content. Just today, this is from our power workout this morning. I have about six to seven videos that I quickly filmed one little drill, one little exercise of my athletes doing something. Now I'm just going to go. I probably will post three videos throughout the day. I do one in the morning, one at lunch, one at night. And like you said, I don't spend much time in it. Uh, it's probably no more than five minutes. Uh, and it's just something that I'm comfortable with. So that's another thing as well. Uh, you can't try to like be who you're not, right? Like mm -hmm. as an athlete, like, you know, some people are very busy. Uh, but, you know, like as a, I'm putting myself in the mind of a professional swimmer right now. You have two workouts a day, maybe, uh, you know, it, you have time, right? Like yeah. at the end of yeah. practice, you just go, hey, can you, hey, coach, can you feel me doing a start here real quick? You do a start uh, or take a picture, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is, you know, you see guys that are professional at this, like, like Bruno, like Bruno is a social media guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. You see, he's posting like one, two pictures every single day, like reels, pictures, mm -hmm. videos, whatever it is. So it's like, I think, like you said earlier, like it comes from the need. Like if you really have the need of doing that, like if you rely on like trying to get some deals to survive, you're going to figure it out a way. And you, you can't be afraid. Just start doing something and find out what you're comfortable with. So if you're more yeah. making really nice videos that you release once a week, do that. Well, like, if not, just go in your own pace, like figure it out what's easy to make and what you can actually leverage to whatever brand it is. Cause you're also yes. provide value to that brand. Right. That's what it is, man. It's just, I'm, I'm building leverage and that's what you're doing. It's just leverage. And that that's a key thing here that people mix up is like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, put myself on social media every day. I don't want to have to feel like I, I, I need views or I need likes. For me, it's not about that at all. I could care less about that. What I'm building is the leverage. So now when I reach out to somebody that I don't know who I really want on as a guest of my show, like I had a really famous comedian on my show yesterday and he wouldn't have done the show two years ago, right? Like I just, ha I had no leverage, but now that I have almost 50,000 viewers, like to him, that's an audience, you know, that's an audience of people. So when he comes on my show and does it now, he can leverage that to say, well, now I'm reaching 50,000 new fans in this space, you know? So that's really what it is. And I think that's where swimmers are really mixing up this idea of like, 
I don't want to be caught in social media. I don't, I don't care about people liking me. That's not the thing here is you're building a brand. You're building leverage so that you can then go to a suit company and say, Hey, give me a free suit. Instead of having to pay $1,200 for the damn thing, get a free suit. If that's the leverage you get, man, you just save 1200 bucks. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think obviously it's not for everyone. Um, but at the same time, it's like you, people are afraid of starting small. And I think that's, that's uh, the one thing that you're mentioning is people are like, oh, I don't want to leverage my image. It's like, no, you're just afraid of starting small and getting 10 likes in a post. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I think that's what I feel like from gathering information throughout these years. It's like, I see a lot of my friends, like they would love to get a free suit and post mm -hmm. about it, but until they get there, they, they don't want to do that, that middle work. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So like they yeah. either want, they either think like, oh, I'm an Olympic trials finalist. I should be getting this. Like you're either right. like, some athletes are too entitled or they just expect too much and they don't want yeah. to. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing that you see. You've said some really important things here that I want to keep reiterating. Leverage is, is key, right? For negotiations. And then consistency, right? Like, yeah, you start small, but if you're consistently building, you know, a house, a house starts with one brick, you yeah, know? Exactly. And that's the way I look at it is I was very fortunate uh, when I was a, um, an athlete at Auburn, you know, one of the things that I had to do over the summer to, to earn money because my parents couldn't afford for me to stay there is I had to get a job. And one summer while I was at Auburn, I actually uh, worked for a builder you know, and, and he taught me this notion of, of, of building a house, you know, starting with a foundation and building. And by the end of the summer, and this took, you know, every day I was coming in working, 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 like, where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? Okay. I can see a little bit now. Okay. Now I can see what we're doing. All right. Yeah. It makes sense to me now. Oh, wow. Look at this thing. And then by the end of the summer, we had this beautiful five bedroom house that was done with a beautiful garden landscape and everything. And you and you sit back and like, wow, I did that. Like I built that. And that's kind of the way I look at this thing is like, and then in the end, you can just sit back and admire it and your work is right. done. Yeah, it's going to take you a couple of years. But as a swimmer, you've only got a couple of years to leverage your brand and your image. And you're competing with every single other swimmer out there. So why not? Like, you're not the most famous swimmer in the world in terms of your, your accomplishments, right? Like, you're not an Olympic champion. Yeah. And yet there are thousands of people who know you based on the, the drills and the skills and the promotion of swimming and your love of swimming. You know, that's what I get from, from what you put out too, is like, you're not just promoting yourself. You love swimming. You, yeah. you love sharing, you love teaching. And those things really come through in what you're doing. It's more, it's more, it's less about you and more about the, the sport that you love, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think, I agree highly, like, especially, like I said earlier, like college athletes get to do this now. It's such a great opportunity for them to finish their college career at 22, 23 years old and continue swimming for a couple of years. You know, you have four years that you can build your brand while you're still in college, uh, potentially earning, you know, a good scholarship. And then once you're in the free world, you don't rely on trying to get like a second job or anything. You could potentially go into straight brand deal and you know hold yourself until the next olympic trials or whatever it is that you're training for uh whereas you see a lot of guys like oh yeah like i'm 23 i'm at my peak performance right now 
but I don't have enough funding to keep me going. And it's like, well, are you, you know, how well are you trying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Try a little harder. But uh, what I want people to take away from this is, is the, is the idea that like, here's some practical things that you can do, right? Just practical things. Start yep. small, build, build small, right? But just start with it. And, and one of the things uh, I had, a, I had a, an adaptive athlete, Paralympian, reach out to me and said, Brett, well, what can I do? How can I do it? You know, and I actually, I, I put them in contact with Michael Andrew because I think he does a fantastic job. And he, obviously it's taken him years to get to where he is and how he's doing it, but he's very intelligent with the way he builds it. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is just, <clears throat> first of all, establish establish who you are and what you want people to know about you. You know, like what I wanted to be is I wanted to be a voice in the sport and I had this knowledge base. I had this experience base, this knowledge base, and I wanted to just share my knowledge. Now that's not me saying I know everything by any means. You know, I put a drill out there and someone says, well, what's the use of this drill? I'm like, I don't know. I just did it for fun. You know, like yeah. I can't explain it. Like it's just, it's fun, you know, like I'm not, I'm not going to tell you it's the most uh, intelligent thing I've ever put out there, you know, but sometimes you just do things for fun. Other times there's a purpose to it and I can explain that, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think you just kind of figure out who you are, you know? Yeah. Like the Gatorade set, you just put it out there. There's no, okay, that's where I started, man. I started with the Gatorade made no sense. And then, and then here we are. Yeah. I mean, I think like to that point, it's like, like you said, you got to go viral, uh, somehow. Yeah. You know, you went viral with the kangaroo, and then all of a sudden everyone's looking at, you know, your Instagram. But look, I mean the viral helps. Look, it's not I don't I don't wake up every every day and say I want to go viral here, but I do yeah. say I want to put something out that will be shared and that will be looked at and maybe copied or maybe questioned. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do want that to happen. I'm not looking to say, Oh man, I need this to go viral, you know, like that. I think that's that's thinking about the outcome too much. And in, in sport, you know what that's like. You, you can't yeah. always think about the outcome. You got to think about the process. And so for me, when things do go viral, actually, I get surprised. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, like I didn't I didn't want that. I didn't expect that. I'm glad it happened and it's helpful. But um, I've had a few instances now. And look, I'm putting content out every day. So like I'm, I'm thinking like, four or five things in the past two years have gone viral and when i'm when i say viral i mean yes all the way from 46 million to you know tens of thousands that's yeah. that's kind of the thing that i think um you know hundreds of thousands i'd say maybe um but generally you're you're in you're in the thousands you know I'm, i generally sit in the thousands it's not yeah. like I'm, i wake up and I'm like oh wow you know this didn't go viral that went viral it's just like okay that that impacted people in a certain way and then you you learn from each piece of content you put out too. It's like, okay, what's this this telling me that that maybe I missed the mark here, or maybe I could have done this better? But um, Which yeah, is, man, it's just like, it's I a think, process. I think uh, to your point, like we sometimes we don't think that something is helping out too much, like just because you did a video with forty six uh, million views, and then you post another video with whatever a thousand views, and you're thinking, oh, just a thousand. But mm. imagine if that's a thousand swim coaches in a thousand different swim programs that are now implementing that drill and are making you know let's multiply by a, a group of 20 kids so there's twenty thousand kids now in swimming that are doing the mm -hmm. drill that you posted that are mm -hmm. being you know being influenced by that little video that you posted without mm -hmm. thinking so yeah. and yeah. I've, I've been getting a lot of that type of feedback uh on my coaching account is just coaches from all over 
posting my drills, sending me my drills. And I mean, at the end of the day, if I get one view in my video and it's someone that actually benefited like that, to me, that's, you know, that's worth more than a million views. Well, that's the thing is like, sometimes I look at the views and I look at the demographics and I, and I say, okay, this one got a thousand views. It's, it's disappointing, right? Then you look at the demographics and you're like, well, it's uh, 50 people in Brazil. It's 100 people in India. It's uh, 50 people in England. You know, like, and then all of a sudden you realize, hey, this thing's all over the world. I got kids in Brazil doing my drill now. I got kids in India doing my drill now. Like, when I woke up this morning, they didn't even know this thing existed. And now there's there's people in foreign countries yeah. looking at my stuff and asking me questions about it and wanting to implement it in their programs, even if it's a thousand people. That's a massive reach, you know what I mean? And so and 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 it can just be skill work. If if you're not into promoting yourself in any way, it's not about showing your best stuff. You know, sometimes it's just about showing the, a skill development. And you might even start from, hey, this is me bad, and this is how I developed into good. You know, you show the progression of how you improved in something. So. Yeah. It, it doesn't always have to be people think of social media as this negative thing it has to be like your best foot forward or fake or whatever for me it's not about that for me it's just about putting out some some stuff that's real some some stuff that's fun yeah. and um and just kind of connecting with the audience that way you know yeah i think just to add on to uh to the from the athlete's perspective uh unfortunately like i come from a country where not many people speak english uh, and that's that's another thing as well like educating yourself uh trying to reach a bigger audience it's it's a key thing and trying to get sponsors uh you know you see guys like uh like bruno nick santos like those guys speak english and they go all over the world they have brands from all over the world looking at them doing interviews for companies from all over the world right mm -hmm. uh and unfortunately like you see guys that are great swimmers olympic finalists that you know don't speak english yeah. then all of a sudden you're losing so much in the table yeah. uh, i was actually just with the brazilian team last week at the world cup here in india and i was talking to one of my best friends uh and he doesn't speak english and like i feel like this guy could have so many deals uh, from different companies Mm -hmm. And just the fact that he doesn't speak English, he's like, okay, like you're ta tailoring just to like the Brazilian market. It's not many people. Yeah, so I get it. He's on, on some deals as well. But. I, I totally understand that. Sometimes I watch the UFC and I'm like, man, you've been in the UFC five years now and you haven't learned English and you're, <laughs> and you're a world champion. Like, come on, your reach could be so much greater. I think that. But then I, I remember back of like, yeah, I worked with the Brazilian team for 10 years in swimming and I never learned Portuguese. I'm like, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't be too hard on these people. You know, like it's, uh, right, it's right. tough. It's tough learning a language. I think, look, I, I think if you live in the country, you have no excuse, you know, like you, right. you learn the language, but, um, but if you're floating in and out, it's very, very difficult. So I understand that aspect. Um, all right, just before we go, man, what's the T-shirt? Oh, yeah. So this is, uh, again, branding, man. I just Boom. went on, you know, a website, made my own logo, put yep. together a couple of words that represent what I do, health, mm -hmm. performance, and growth. Uh, you know, I had pretty, it was so easy. Uh, I did this in 10 minutes. It's not the best yeah. logo, but beautiful, man. make some merch, sell some merch. Whatever it is. You're thinking, man. I love that. You're always hustling, man. I love that. And 
listen, people should be reaching out to you for, well, they should be following you and they should be reaching out and asking you questions. So where can people find you real quick? So right now I, I'm on Swim Coach Jow on Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel that we've been uh, trying to grow. We got 2,000 followers already. It's pretty, a lot of swimming content on it as well. It's called Swim Better. Mm -hmm. type swim better all together on youtube but those are my two main dude i need to follow swim better let me uh, come on yeah. brett let's go so that was the thing my one of my one of my buddies in brazil he has a youtube channel with 150,000 subscribers and it's oh. all swimming content as well he's a coach former athlete as well wow. and he reached out and what we're doing is we're getting all of his content uh that uh. is portuguese and I, I translate it to English and I make some new content as well. There you go. All right, this, this is how you do it, everybody. Watch this. Okay. Oh, subscribe. <laughs> Boom. Subscribe. That's awesome. how you get it done. Yeah. Okay. Swim better. That's a subscribe. Yeah. Awesome. Get it done. You know, Sonny's doing it. Sonny, the swimsuit guy, you know, my friend, he's, he's doing a fantastic job too. He does the same thing. So, yeah. um, listen, next time we do a live show, we'll get you on and, uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get, we'll talk swimming again. Maybe awesome. during the, the world champs, you want to jump on again? A hundred percent. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Perfect. Let's do it. Okay. All right, man. Good talking right, to right. you. Really good tips in there. People need to hustle. I love it. Thanks, man. Thank you so much, Brent. All right. Take care. Awesome. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net.